We are so excited to introduce you to the future of restaurant technology. GoTab is it. With GoTab QR-based online ordering and payment processing solution to the all-in-one restaurant POS software, you have the flexibility to adjust your service model based on your guest preferences and staffing levels. Our system even allows easy menu management based on what you have in stock. Unlike traditional restaurant POS hardware, you don't have to be locked in to one way of doing things that starts and ends with the server taking manual orders and swiping credit cards. You can hand off more of that control to your guests. Free up your staff's time to focus on great customer service and creating customer loyalty. You can even continue to use the more traditional server-focused ordering and payment processes for guests who prefer tableside interactions. Guys, to have that option is everything right now. Go to NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com, click the Sponsors tab, and you will find a $500 gift under the GoTab tab. Do a 30-minute demo, and I will give you a free hat or I will give you a free t-shirt for Nashville Restaurant Radio. Just DM us on Instagram. Let us know you set that up. Go check them out right now. We are super excited to introduce Maintain IQ for restaurants. Maintain IQ is a modern digital checklist system that simplifies your operations. They are designed specifically for restaurants. You can standardize, track, and manage food safety procedures, temp logs, daily checklists, preventive maintenance, and ongoing repairs. He's saying that you can, managers will save up to 10 hours per week. You can repair, you can reduce repairs and maintenance spend by $5,000 a year. Staff will know what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. Everything is digitally recorded. Minimize liability, ensuring safety, cleaning, and compliance standards are upheld. This is the best thing since sliced bread, guys. And we're going to talk about that in just a second with Sharpies. But we are talking about a checklist to do every single thing in your restaurant that's all kept nice and neat in a little app. You need to call Will Jackson. His number is 888-534-0261 and set up a 30-minute demo. If you do that, I'll give you a free Nash Restaurant Radio hat or I'll give you a free Nash Restaurant Radio t-shirt. Just send me a message on Instagram. Check out Maintain IQ. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City. Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. We are powered by Gordon Food Service, and my name is Brandon Still. I am your host today. We've got a fun one today. We are talking with Max Palmer. And Max is the owner at the Bagel Shop. I believe he owns the Bagel Shop with his wife. She was unable to make it to the show. But this this is a fun one because I didn't know too much about him before getting, you know, before sitting and talking to him. I love their shirts. Their shirts that they have at the Bagel Shop say, get a load of this BS. And I assume that's Bagel Shop. But, I mean, come on. That's Brandon Still. That's me all over the place. Max, if you're listening to this, I forgot I need one of those shirts, dude. You got to save a double extra large for me because that is awesome. I love it. Kind of like I loved our conversation. I love it when people come in and I have the expectation of the way that a conversation is going to go. And then it completely, like I'm completely shocked and surprised at what happens. And this story, that, and this is really just him. He gets to tell his entire story. It's really fun. 
this is a pandemic thing. Like this is another one of those like bad luck burger club or these, these people that, I mean, he was making bagels in his house, like broken oven, making bagels and just freaking hustled, man, just made it happen and kept networking and kept talking and kept working hard and working two jobs. And just like, this is like the American dream. And I, I am here for it. So I hope that you enjoy this episode with Max Palmer. I am on vacation this week, so this is I can't even take a vacation. I got to put out new content even when I'm uh, on vacation with the family, spending some time in Florida. Uh, so wish me fun. I'm sure if you follow me at Brandon underscore NRR, you will get to see lots of pictures of that because I'll be posting that kind of stuff because I I don't know, because that's what I do. So thank you guys again for listening. Not a lot to say today. Hope you have a wonderful, wonderful week. We did have our first episode with Kayla Ellis and the Gospel of Cocktail podcast last Wednesday with Robert Chambers. And we have another episode coming up this Wednesday. It is brand new. Surprise guest. Surprise guest. You can check it out. Uh, It'll be out on Wednesday. I'm so excited to put this out. So much positive feedback from what this episode did. A lot of people in the bar community saying, wow, I can't believe I feel heard. Like this was a great, great insight into what we do. And I know uh, I just, I can be more proud and excited to work with Kayla as she is such a sharp person and so genuine and just so, I don't know, I love her perspective and I love that she's sharing other people's perspective. So stay tuned. We got five more episodes of the Gospel of Cocktail with Kayla Ellis uh, coming up each Wednesday for the next five weeks. So go back and listen to the previous one. It's it's that good. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. And then uh, enjoy this interview today with Max Palmer. Super excited today to welcome in Max Palmer. He's the owner at Bagel Shop Nashville. What's up, Max? What's going on? Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio. Happy to be here. This is so exciting. Yeah, I know. So you walked in maybe five, six minutes ago. We've been getting all of this stuff together. And I always do this thing. People walk in and like, hey, man, what's going on? How you doing? And I'm like, stop, stop. We can't have the conversation. I like to do this on like, air. We don't want to get all the good stuff out of the way before we get started. Then I know, right? About. So what were we talking about? Let's. We could just jump back into that. You had asked me something. Uh, well, you asked where I was from. And you said Mississippi. Originally, yes. Jackson, Mississippi. Jackson, Mississippi. Then born I, and raised. I said, I lived there for two and a half years. And I said, I'm sorry. I think I lived in a place called like the Players Club or something. I don't. I don't. Makes sense. I lived, but there was a rest. There was a place called Time Out. Oh yeah, and I was right behind Time Out. There was yeah, like a bunch. I know of, exactly where that is. Yeah, so of I course. used to manage the Amerigo Restaurant in Jackson, Mississippi, right there on Old Canton. Right, it's. I mean, they're all in that same little strip. Yeah. Uh, wow, I love Amerigos. I, you know, I I've, I've been here for ten years and I've never been to the one here. What? I don't know. I, I guess I've just like. It maybe it won't live up the expectation of what I grew up on, but like, it probably will. It's it like will. The people who run that it. I mean, I love all their stuff. They got char because they have a char back in Mississippi. I opened that char. All right. So back when that was first in Highland Village. Yeah. So I was the, when that restaurant first opened, I was one of the opening trainers for char. Wow. Yeah. Going back in the day. Very far. Yeah. I remember. It was 2002, I think. Yeah. Like 2001, 2002. Wow. It's been a while. 20 years. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember when it, I mean, I remember when that place opened, it was like, Oh my gosh, a steakhouse in Jackson, Mississippi? Yeah. And it looks good? 
<laughs> it was really good too. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been in a long time. You know, I, another thing, I still haven't been to the one here. You should go to the one here. I've been told it's very good. It's, you know what? It's good. Um, and go to, go to Amerigo because Amerigo is, is everything that you remember it. They haven't changed too much, but Four Top Hospitality runs a really mm-hmm. good, they're, they're operationally really good restaurants. So anywhere that you go, they yeah. do a fantastic job. They have this one dish, I think it's called like straw and hay. Yeah. I have just like, it's like one of those like memories, you know, sometimes when you're thinking about food and like, like the flavor will come back into your mouth. It's like one of those things is like, there it is. And it's oh, so, so basic. It was just like a, like a green fettuccine and like an egg yolk fettuccine. So good though. With like a little bit of peas and a white sauce and ham. Just little cubes of ham. Little cubes of ham. That's all you it can't was. can't go wrong though. I mean like what's bad about that? Well, my so fe- the fettuccine imperial to me was the all time because it so had good. the sliced mushrooms, the sliced ham and chicken with the fettuccine and the white sauce. I mean, something about Amerigo is this just This is just comfort. becoming an Amerigo's podcast now. Yeah, it is. And I, ha- I haven't had any of those guys on yet, so. Get on it. Well, no, it's it's a, it's a longer story. Okay. But but yes, they're they're that that company's changed hands 3 times. Mhm. So back back in the day, that was Bill and Al, Bill Latham and Al Roberts, who were Jacksonians, right? And then, um, and they sold it, and then the company in the bottom went under, mm-hmm. and then the all all the old GMs bought it back. Nice, right back in the hands of the people who who needed it. Yeah, and I mean, so they understood the culture, how to do it, and they all work really well together. Um, it's a good company. Now they've got Etch and etc. with yep. with Deb Paquette, so they're doing neat things. So. Jackson, Mississippi, yep. and what brought you to Nashville? Did you go straight from Jackson to Nashville? So, uh, older brother moved here in probably 2007, 2008. Now, how many siblings do you have? I have two. I have an older brother and a little brother. I have an older brother and a little sister, so you're the middle child. I am. They both live here now, which is awesome. Um, so, older brother moved up here to do what everybody comes to Nashville to do, music. Um, and... You know, being born and raised in Jackson, it's kind of a bubble. Like, you know the same people. Oh, yeah. And that's all you know. And, like, if you – I I love it going back home and getting to, like, hang out with my friends and my family and things like that, eating the food. I mean, the food down there is – it's one of a kind. Like, going down and eating at new restaurants or eating at old restaurants, it's just, like, it's so good. I love it. You had Tico's. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Talk about some steak. Uh, so – I love talking Jacks Mississippi stuff with people. So I'm like, what? You know, you know Tico's? And yeah, like, because it's a bubble. Like, yeah. everybody knows the same thing if you've been there for, like, more than six weeks. So when I was there, they still had the dock. Oh, yeah. You're, how that, old are you? That's before me. How I'm old are 31. You? Okay, so I'm 10, 12, I'm 12 years older than you. But, like, my mom is a musician, so, like, and my brother's a musician, and everybody in my family does music, so they've all, like, played there or been there and done things like that. <laughs> dock was a shit show. Yeah. My mom's a jazz singer. Wow. Um, and my brother did music there and then moved up here to do it. So your younger brother, does your younger brother do music? No, he's trying to be a doctor. Wow. <laughs> That's... Yeah, he goes to Vandy Med School right now. Okay. And do you do music? I do. What it's, do you play? Uh, I'm a drummer, I guess by trade, as much as I can call it that. And then, but I, I mean, I've, I like writing music, playing guitar, singing, anything I can do. We have a very musical family, so it's just kind of how it's always been. I bet, I bet holidays are fun. Yeah, I think anytime we bring like an outsider, like if somebody gets a new significant other, we kind of scare them a bit because it's like, <laughs> all right, time for the, well, we're all Jewish. So it's like time for the Hanukkah jam session. 
And they're it's like, like, what? We're like, what? What's going on? And then we just kind of like indoctrinate them in. And then they just like, we're like, here, take this tambourine and go. And we have, we have a lot of fun. I imagine that would be a ton of fun. Yeah. Like, can I be a significant other just to experience that? We'll see you there. <laughs> I want to show up for that. It's great. I could play a mean tambourine. Well, then that's it though. B-Y-O-T. I can, <laughs> I can play a few chords on the guitar, but that's it. Nice. So that's cool. So you're married. I'm married. Me and my wife were both owners of the business. Yeah. She went on a little vacation today with our daughter. So, um, how old is your daughter? She's two and a half. Nice. Yeah. How long have you guys been married? Um, we got married in 2018. So going on four years. Okay. So four years. So a year and a half in, hey, let's have a kid. And it's, uh, the story, I mean, we can get into how Bagel Shop got created based on like, the situation that we had. Let's do it. So I, my, my working background, I have my bachelor's degree in marketing and advertising. I went to the university of Southern Mississippi. Okay. Moved up here like four days after I graduated because I did not want to move back to Jackson. I felt like if I did, I would be stuck there forever. Mm -hmm. So my brother lent me his couch for the first month or two. When I was living here, I got a job working at just like, it was just weird business that claimed to be a marketing business but it was really like here go to a home depot every day and walk around like in a suit and walk around and tell people or ask people if they like their cabinets and if they like their cabinets um you can walk away but if they don't like the way their cabinets look then tell them we can send somebody out to their house for free to give them a cabinet refacing consultation it was so bad. I was, I'm not like a door to door sales kind of guy and that's how it was, but it was, it wasn't framed to me that way when I got the job. Did people in Home Depot, would you get like kicked out immediately by doing that? Well, they worked. It was like Home Depot was a client of this business. Okay. So they allowed you to be there to do that? Mm-hmm. To harass you know, it's their, like the same, their customers? You know, the same people, like when you go to Home Depot, there's that guy who's like standing by that big HVAC and he's like, here, tell me what you Spend think about this. Spin the wheel and you exactly. get a $500 off your HVAC or a same, piece of gum. Same thing, but I didn't have like a spin the wheel. I just had to like walk around with like a, a piece of paper and just like, hi, uh, my name's Max. I work for this marketing company. Do you like your cabinets? I lasted like a month and I was said, no way. So I, uh, you would have got me in my old house. You would walk up to me and I'd been like, cabinets. I hate my cabinets. They're the worst thing in my house. You'd be like, what? Did you ever have anybody like that? That was like, I hate them. Can you help me? Like, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah Every I, once in a while. But most people were like, oh, I got to go by. Yeah. You know, it's like the mall when there's people in the center, they're just like trying to get you. You're like, no, no. So I did that for a little bit, moved out of my brothers, ended up just like picking up service industry jobs here and there. I worked at a few restaurants here in town. I worked for, um, well, my first job outside of that was working at Antique Archaeology, which is like the American Pickers yeah. shop. Um, and did you, so you worked for the American Pickers? Yeah. I guess I worked for them, but like they were never there. It was no. really just like, it's just like a tourist destination. Yeah. I had never heard of the show before. Really? So when I got there, I was like, what are all these people doing in here buying these like Knickknacks. Branded t-shirts. I thought we were an antique shop. Not really. No, it's like a museum store, I guess. It I is. saw them pick this on the show, exactly. and they want to see stuff. And, and they just take pictures. And then Was like, all that stuff for sale? Some of it. A lot of it was, like, just for photo op. So I did that for a little bit. It was just, like, a summer job is what they called it, so it was seasonal. After the season ended, I ended up going to get a job. Um, it's, like, a crazy thing. Did you ever know about Soulshine? Pizza? Soulshine Pizza from Jackson. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they had a shop here for a little bit. There yeah. was a Soul Shine in Midtown. A division. Exactly. My mom is friends with the owner of that space, so, like, they were opening up a new spot, Slider House. Uh-huh. Uh, so I got a job there. My brother did all their marketing for those both oh, those restaurants. Nice. Yeah. So I, I worked at Slider House. That was, like, my first, like, restaurant job. I was I was just serving, waiting tables. I did that for, were like... Were you there when it first opened? It was, like, right after it first opened. Okay. I did that for six to eight months, and then I ended up meeting my girlfriend at the time, wife now, um, over Twitter. She was still in Mississippi. She, like, sent me a DM one day, and the rest was history. Slid, slid, slid right, right into in. your DMs, huh? Yeah, it was crazy. Um, but what, why, what, what was the circumstances around that? Did you post just, something, and she was like, hey, I, I'm from Mississippi. You look cute. What's up? Basically. Uh, no, it was um, I had... Posted something about some playlist I was listening to, and she was like, oh, my gosh, what's on your playlist? Oh. And then, <laughs> oh. And then I told her, and she was like, oh, I love those bands. And then from then on, the rest was history. Come to find out later, she had never heard of any of those bands. She's just lying to me to get me to respond to her. It obviously worked really? out in her favor. Wow. Yeah. And so, so she moved to Nashville? <laughs> eventually. She was in school at Mississippi State at the time. Um, This was, like, right around the time when Lyft and Uber were coming a thing here. Yeah. And, like, the money was good in it when it first started. So I had quit my job at Slider House because I wanted to be able to, like, go down to Mississippi to visit her more anytime I wanted to, make my own hours type of job, gig economy type thing. It was just getting started. So I started driving for Lyft and Uber, and I was making money for that. And then on the weekends, I would either drive down to Mississippi and hang out with her, or she would come up here and we'd get time to hang then. But I was I had, like, a lot of freedom just because I was making my own hours. How much fun was that? Because I do that, I did that too. It was a lot of fun when it first got started. It was like, I mean, it was the first time I was like, I can make this much money just driving people around, like to the airport and back. It was, it was crazy. I just liked meeting all my my dad is retired, and my dad was sitting on the pool one day, and he said, "I'm going to," uh, he goes, "I'm going to start driving Uber," and I was like, "What? Yeah. What are you talking about?" And he's like, "I'm bored. I want to talk to people." So he got his, I got a Tahoe. Let's make it happen. So he came home one day and he was like, oh, my God, this is insane. The people get in your car and then they're, they're, they're out of control. He goes, it, it's hilarious. He goes, I just I'm gonna fly on the wall in these cars and people just say whatever they want. I mean, really? And That's I was like, wild. I, I want to do it. I want to do it. I it. So then I finally talked my wife into it. And, yeah, I mean, you had the freedom. If I, like, I stopped drinking, but I'd get off of work. And I would just be like, instead of going to a bar, I'd just turn on the app. And I'd go drive for like two hours. And I'm like, anytime I got a ride that was anywhere close to my house, I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. Thanks. But I mean, it was so. Exactly. You, you enjoyed it? I really did. And like, I have always been, I, I, I love working with people. Like, customer service type of things has always just been really interesting to me because I'm, I like talking to people. I like meeting people. So it was a cool way to just like meet random people that I would obviously never come in contact with yeah. outside of that. 100%. So I did that for a while. What's the biggest difference between Uber and Lyft, in your opinion? People always ask, which one's better? I don't really know. You know, I, end, I moving on to the story, I ended up, like, working for Lyft, the company. Really? When they opened their... On 2nd Avenue. Lo- ...location on 2nd. Okay. So I've always kind of liked Lyft a little bit more. All right. For the, inside, the insiders. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so I did that for a while of, um, you know, I eventually like my mom, like I said, she's a musician, but she also is an interior designer, owns a furniture store. 
she needed somebody to come and run her social media and advertising for her for a few months while the person that was doing it went out on maternity leave. You got that marketing degree. And I didn't have anything to do here. I was like, oh, I'm just driving my car. She was like, just come home and you can like sleep in at our house. You can live here for a few months. I just need you for like three months. Three months ended up turning into like almost a year because I picked up a job at an ad agency in Mississippi while I was there. Uh-oh. It was like never meant to be. But this begins like the whole time that I was doing that, I had this like idea in my head that I wanted to open a coffee shop because there's not a ton in Mississippi anyway. No. And I've always like kind of been like a coffee guy. And I see you went to Barista Parlor this morning. It was right up the street. Jealous. <laughs> so looking for my coffee now. You said, I'm like, <laughs> where the hell is my coffee? And I moved back to Mississippi. I was like, there's so many coffee options in Nashville. There's nothing here. I should start my own. I should open my own business. My mom, like I said, an entrepreneur, my brother, entrepreneur. So we're a very entrepreneurial family. So she was helping me get that started. I like, I only lasted at that ad agency for a little bit. It was like a bunch of old people and they just like, they wanted me to do social media and they weren't really getting social media at the time. Like social media had like just become like really big for businesses yeah. in like 2015. This is around that time. So, you know, I I left that job and I just picked up a job like working at Whole Foods coffee shop or I did that for a little bit. I got another job at another cafe while I was there. The whole time I was like on the side, like sketching out ideas to open up my own coffee shop. I ended up like getting the keys to a space, but I never went through with it because I got a random phone call from a barista parlor here in town um, that I applied to like months before. And they were like, hey, we're hiring. Would you be interested in moving back? And I was like, I had been looking for a reason to get back to Nashville, but just like I didn't have one. So I was like, yes, absolutely. So I like packed up my car and moved moved back just within like a couple weeks. I was like, I think I still have the keys to that space I was going to rent. I just like oh, never wow. went back. Um, so... I kind of put that on the back burner. I was living back here for a while. That job at Barista lasted eight months. It was cool because I got a lot more, like, insight into, like, how cafes should run. Um, What's the most important thing when it comes to running a cafe? Oh, man. I mean, I think What'd you learn? I learned a lot about just, like, the behind the scenes. Like, I was so used to just, like, seeing it from an outsider's perspective. It was just like, okay, so this is how, like the layout of something should look or things like that. But I was like working in the back of the house there. So I was learning more about like ingredients that go in things and how to purchase like coffees and things like that. Probably a lot of preparation. It's a lot more prepping than I thought there would be. See that there's like, Oh, well I have to be ready for all these people to come in. You have to have everything stocked and in place. And Yeah. yeah. So, um, I did that for a little bit and then I got the job at Lyft downtown and that just like kind of took me away. And where's your girlfriend through all this? She's she's here at this point. Okay, so you moved when you came back to town. She came with you. She came just a little bit after. Okay. So. And how long have you been dating at this point? Probably like two years. No, probably like three years. Two three years. Wow. And it was all long distance for the first while. Wow. Yeah. So she finished school and moved up here. We got our place together, um, and then she what was. What part of town were you in? Our first place was in East. Nice. It was just like this really bad duplex. Like <laughs> our air conditioning never worked. It was right next to the train station. 
I think we only lasted like four months before we just bailed because like our landlord refused to fix the AC. She was like, oh, it's working today. I was like, but it's not going to work tomorrow. She eventually <laughs> was like, okay, if you guys want to move out, just go. I think she just wanted us to leave. So we left. Then we moved <laughs> over right off 12 South, which was a really cool spot. It was like another little duplex, but um, it was really cheap. And hey, right off 12 South cheap, like doesn't make sense. That, that, but those things don't correlate. It was, it was really cool. And we were living with roommates at the time, but then we eventually got our own place. We bought a house in Madison. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, lived there. Different so, Madison than yeah. you're used to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then we sold that house after like a year and a half. We had some issues. It was like one of those like quick renovations and they didn't do a great job. It was like a converted attic that they turned into an extra bedroom, but they forgot to insulate it. So in the summer, Hot it was hell. like 110 degrees up there and you just could not get airflow. We got out of there fast. Now we live by the airport out in Donaldson and we love it. So what year were you doing this? Where are we at time-wise? You're in the house that's the really hot upstairs. That was 18. Okay. 2018. All right. Um, at this point, I'm... I got a job working for Smile Direct Club, the teeth aligners company, on their mm -hmm. marketing team because I was like, I need to get back into the marketing side of things, use my degree. I had a nice job, pretty good salary, good team I was working with. Everything was great. Um, then I was there for about a year. So this is um, 2019, coming on the end of 2019. We have our baby in November of 2019. You guys were married at this point. We are. We got married in October of 18. Okay. How did you propose to her? Took her down to New Orleans. Nice. And proposed right along the river. Okay. Yeah, it was really nice. And I just like, I did this really funny. Th I'm just was not she expecting like, it? You know, I thought she would be, but she wasn't. Oh, she got a full shock? Like full? Yeah. Um, did you guys talk about a ring and all that stuff? She knew that my mom had given me her old engagement ring. Okay. So she knew that I like that I had it, but she didn't know when it was coming. Okay. So I uh, I remember I got like this Polaroid camera and I took a bunch of pictures of the ring and s put them in this like Polaroid photo album with photos of us in it. And then so we went down to New Orleans. She thought it was just a vacation. We flew down. We're like walking around, walking along the water. And I sat down and I was like, here, take a look at this photo album that I made. And she was, like, going through it. It was like, oh, here's pictures of us at this thing. Here's pictures of us in Asheville. Here's pictures of us in New York. And she's like, wait, what is this? And she's flipping through it. There's, like, photos of a ring. And then she, like, looked at me, and then I got down and nice. proposed. And then, like, my mom and my little brother come running out. They were there to surprise us. Oh, so, was, so nobody knew they were even there. Oh, yeah, she didn't know. Um, it was all a big surprise. It was great, and we had a great time. That's awesome. Yeah. So then we get married. Uh, we have a kid, like I said, in November of 19, our daughter, Elliot. Um, then, probably like two weeks later, I'm back at work. Well, maybe like a month. I took like two weeks to a month off. I go back to work, and it's time for like our yearly review. And I remember I was like, all right, I hope I get a good raise today. And I go into this meeting, and my boss is like, okay, thanks for coming in. Um, just letting you know your job no longer exists. We're laying off a bunch of people. You can take this job making like half as much as you were making before, or you can take this severance. I was like, I'm going to take the severance. Bye. And I left. Wow. I was like, it was also two weeks before Christmas at this time. It was like, <laughs> great. All this thing. And this I is no Smile Direct Club. 
Yes, shout out. Shout out to <laughs> Smile Direct Club and the way they let people go. Good job, uh, Smile Direct Club. You know, we can say that because it's all going to work out. Wait till, we get, wait, wait till we get further into the story. All right, I'm in. <laughs> Here's your climax. Um, so we, I'm just like sitting at home. I don't know what to do. And my wife is like, you need to find something to do. Meanwhile, like two years before when I was working at Lyft, I saw this video on YouTube about these guys trying bagels. Like it, it was like this website. I mean, obviously it was on YouTube. This website called YouTube. You ever heard of it? No, I don't know. What's it? You what? What is it? YouTube. Interesting. Um, I'll have to check that out. So I watched this video of these guys. They would like try foods at different price points. It was like this silly BuzzFeed video thing. Yeah. I was like, I bet I could do this. So like this is like two years before when I was working at Lyft. I started making bagels just because. At home? At home. And I was like giving them out to my friends at work. Nice. And they really liked it. But then like life Life has this its way. Were, oh, it's like at Lyft. I'm like, were you like at the airport in the, in the holding no, lot? You're like handing out bagels office. at the office. At the I'm office. like, I see you with all those people smoking cigarettes in that lot at the airport. Just walking around. Bagels. Hey, you want a bagel? Hey, you want a bagel? Extra cash. Um, <laughs> so, but then, you know, like. It's not life, a bad idea, by the way. It's really not. If somebody put like a coffee shop in the middle of that parking lot. That's smart. It would bank. Probably. Bank. Yeah. There's, there's a, for people that don't know what we're talking about, just real quick, I don't want to interrupt your oh, story. Go ahead. There is a lot in the middle of the airport, and it is an Uber and Lyft lot. And you pull in, and there's like five porta potties, and then there's like, there's like a, a space, there's like a hundred cars. And you pull in, and it's geotagged. So when you pull into this lot, and then you get put into a queue, right? So you say, you're, there's nine cars ahead of you. So you park, and then that number continues to decrease until finally, boom, hey, you have a ride. Go, then you drive to pick somebody up. You go to the Uber Lyft pickup spot. Mm-hmm. You could, you, any time that you pull in there, right? Tell me if I'm wrong. You'll pull in there any time of the day, and there's 50 cars in there. Absolutely. And you could be number six in line when you first pull in. You're like, what the fuck are all these people <laughs> doing in this lot? Seriously. And they're just hanging out smoking cigarettes there's just, there's 50 cars in there people Doesn't just really hanging out smoking cigarettes and i'm like what is this just like something you do to get away from the house i'm here to like go i don't want to sit here for five minutes no. i want to just go and there's just there's just people hanging out so i don't know what that is but that's a thing and now we're about to make it a coffee shop if you could put a coffee shop Let's in go. there all those people smoking cigarettes would then buy coffee from you yeah just it's a little business idea, guys. All right, someone take it, but just like give us a, a like just a little bit. I mean, I'm thinking bagel shop, B and A, B and A, in the lot. lot, in the the Uber Lyft B and A bagel exactly. shop. Exactly, I love it. You All right, that's like my, a, that's our next one. Like a, like a, you know, like peach truck puts up like a little tent. Yeah, and they just sit there and they sling peaches. Just put up a little tent. I got bagels I got and coffee. All. Let's yeah. roll. All right, we'll talk more. Yeah, let's make that happen. <laughs> Come on. Okay, so I'm making bagels. <laughs> yes, you're I'm giving, giving them out to my people. friends at work. Yes, and then life gets in the way, and then I just like stop. Okay. So fast forward back to me getting laid off. My wife's like, "You should start making bagels again. Like, why not?" So I'm doing that, and I'm just like playing around at home, just trying what to like, she pass do? time. She was working at the lift office during this time. Okay, so you guys are right there yeah. with each other. Yeah. She's at lift office. You're there too. Yes. Got it. Um, so we're trying to figure out what to do. But at this point, like she's at home on maternity leave. I'm at home jobless. And we're just like trying to figure out what to do with this crying newborn. And she's like, you need to start doing something because 
you're killing me and I need you to find something to do. <laughs> what do you, what did, let's explore that. <laughs> you're just at home. She's like, you just need to not just be home, here. It's not that. I'm just like really bored. I just have nothing to do. I was like, Mr. You know, I, was Ma- like, I was like, when we came home with my wife's first baby, I took like a week off, but I was like, everything in the house has to be sanitized and cleaned. Yeah, I, and I, I was like so gung ho. And she's like, where did that guy go? What yeah, happened to him? I'm like, oh, he died a long time ago. <laughs> like, no, no, no. He's, he's got three jobs now. So I start picking up doing bagels again. And I'm just like trying to remember how to do it. Cause I haven't done it in a few years. And like, I got really lucky. I, I just really put everything up to luck because like this entire story is just about to get crazy. Um, I'm, making bagels at home. My brother, he, my older brother, stops doing music oh, a few years before, and he has this business in town called Aerobar. It's a mobile bartending service. They have, like, these trailers where you can pull them up to places, and they'll bartend weddings, events, things like that. Nice. Um, and he's like, I need to do a photo shoot, but I need, I'm doing coffee service, so I need some breakfast. Can you provide me with bagels? I was like, I'll provide bagels for your photo shoot if you can – also take professional photos of me and the bagels while I'm there. He's like, done. So I get go to this place. We get these like really beautiful professional photos done. And I'm like, okay, let's use my marketing degree. I started an Instagram page and I made it look really professional based on the photos I had. And like, I just used my advertising background and I was like, okay, here's my target audience. Here's the types of people that I think are going to like it. Here's the voice of my brand. And I just like build out this business that doesn't actually exist. So I was like, okay, we're going to call it bagel shop because if you, if you Google bagel shops in Nashville, it's the first one that pops up. Hey, that's a good point. We love SEO. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're doing that. I get these really nice photos and then all of a sudden like people start finding me and they're like, Hey, I want to try your bagels. Hey, I want to try your bagels. They look really good in these photos. And I'm just like sitting at home, like what's happening right now. And so, this is probably around like this is March, right? When March of two thousand twenty. So this is exactly All right. So I'm going to put a pause there for one second. We're going to take a quick break to okay. hear a word from our sponsors. Right? Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Okay. All right. Did you know the number one cause of methane or greenhouse gases in landfills is your food waste? Restaurants waste so much food. All the food people don't eat. All of the scraps that come from all of your prep, it all gets put in a dumpster and then gets buried in a landfill, and as it decomposes, creates methane gas. Well, thank God Jeffrey Ezel and his brother Clay have come up with the compost company. You can now compost your food waste. They take it to their farm. They create organic soil out of it. They then sell that to Whole Foods as well as local farmers and landscapers. So it's literally coming full circle in your community. If you're a restaurant owner or manager, you need to be calling Jeffrey Ezel at 615-866-8152 and they will set you up with the green bags and the green trash cans that they will come empty twice a week. If you work in a restaurant and you would love to have this option, instead of putting food into a trash can, you can start composting. Tell your manager to call Jeffrey Ezel. That's 615-866-8152 or follow him at The Compost Company on Instagram. You know, what chefs want, some people still call it creation gardens, but what chefs want has been, was our first advertiser on the show. Uh, Monty Crawford saw what we we're doing. He goes, I want to be part of it, dude. I love it. And I just, I love that. They're so perfect because they work with locally owned and operated restaurants better than anyone. And let me tell you, 
how they do it. No minimums, no fees, no fuel surcharges, no surcharges anytime. They deliver seven days a week. They have 24-7 customer support. You can call, text, chat, email anytime from anywhere. Or you can reach them at 502-587-9012. They have a diverse line of products. Their chefs have access to thousands of items across many different categories that allow them to receive fresh product daily. What chefs want is the perfect addition to any broadline company as they've got all of your fresh produce delivered daily, plus custom meats, anything that you need that your broadliner can't get. Give them a call, 800-685-10, or visit them at whatchefswant.com. I think one of the most overlooked things that you can do on a P&L, which is your profit and loss statement, is dish machine and chemicals. It's just one of those things you don't focus on until it's too late. Let Jason Ellis from Supersource come in and do an audit of what you're currently doing and why you're doing it. His number is 771-337-1143. We believe here at Nash Restaurant Radio that every single thing that you do should be done intentionally in a restaurant. And allowing some company to come in and just fix your dish machine without you knowing what's really happening is exactly what we're talking about. The thing Jason does the best is he can help educate you on exactly what's going on with all of your dish machines and chemicals. He can do staff trainings to understand why you're using what you're using, again, to be intentional. They don't make you sign any type of contract. They are week to week and can get you a brand new dish machine with three free months of dish machine rental. You need to check them out. Go to NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com, click the sponsors tab, and then you will see Super source. Click that tab for a special or give Jason Ellis a call at 770-337-1143. So we're back. All right. Thanks for taking that break to yeah. hear a word from our amazing sponsors. Super source, which is one of these guys you're telling me yep. you're excited about using them. I'm hoping so. You're going to love him. That's what I've been told. He's the best. Good, good word of mouth recommendations. It really is like strictly word of mouth that I've heard. And have you heard anything bad about Jason Ellis over at Supersource? I have not heard anything bad about Jason Ellis All over good. at Supersource. So <laughs> <laughs> He's an amazing guy. I'm excited for you guys to hook up. Yeah. So um, where were we in our story? We were talking about this. Uh, you had these professional photos made. Mm-hmm. You created an Instagram page. It looks very professional. You've created the bagel shop Nashville, yet there was no bagel shop Nashville. Exactly. Okay. So people start reaching out, and they want to try it. And if I could go back in time and take back all of these terrible bagels that I gave to these people when I first started, <laughs> I would. Like, I remember there was a coffee shop in town that wanted to wholesale when I was making them from my house. I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> and I had, like, no clue what I was doing. And I remember I gave this person, I was like, I'll bring you some to try. And they were just so bad, and I never heard from them again. Oh. And I was like, okay, something needs to change. So I'm talking, like, the amount of YouTube videos I watched and the amount of blogs I read and the amount of things that I just like researched to make sure like my product was good at this point because I had not been liking the product I was making at the time. Now people were still like interested in it, but I was like, okay, just like give me a little bit to try to figure out what I'm doing. So I'm trying all these new ways and trying all these things. Meanwhile, like we're literally just doing this out of our house. Like I had a KitchenAid mixer that, Almost broke because, like, bagel dough is so dense. The mixer is just not strong enough. So, like, we started doing, like, bagels by the dozen by hand. I would probably do, like, two dozen a day. And that was, like, that was my max. And I was, like, just waking up in the morning, getting everything together, rolling the dough, 
um, putting it in the fridge. We do like a 24 hour, 12 to 24 hour like proof at the time. And we would just like wake up the next morning, hopefully before Elliot wakes up, bake the bagels. But like I can only do like six at a time in my home oven. So you, <laughs> it's, I'm struggling here. Yeah, you're struggling. <laughs> you're not doing the volume you need to be doing. No way. But but I'm getting more interest. So then at this point, it's middle of March. Things are closed. Grocery stores. Nobody's going out. Nobody's doing anything. Great time to start a business. It really is. So I was like, wait a minute. What if I start delivering? And this is like before people started doing all their like delivery services. Um. Because my whole idea was like I wanted to be a pop-up business, but nobody was doing pop-ups right then because of COVID. Yeah. So um, I was kind of nervous about doing anything at the time. I was like, should I look for another job? Should I keep trying this? I ended up picking up a job back at Lyft, and I would like literally wake up in the morning, get the bagels ready, clock into my job, finish the bagels, between meetings, do more bagels, Go back from to work, and this is all like when everybody was working from home. Mm-hmm. So I was able to do it all like in between things. For those few months I was working at Lyft, then I probably gave it like thirty percent of my time. <laughs> Sorry for anybody who's listening to this. <laughs> like I knew it. I knew that guy had potential. He just wasn't <laughs> giving us his hundred percent. Yeah. So I started delivering, and I would do my most two dozen a day at my house and take those two dozen out. And how much did you charge for two dozen bagels? I mean, you had to charge like 50 bucks a bagel to make no, ends meet, I right? was charging like, we were doing it at the least, the least you could order was half a dozen. So I would take orders over Instagram message. They'd send me their address. They'd Venmo me money. And then I would do it. Probably, I think we were doing like $12 for six. No, we were doing 15 for six and, 20 for 12. Okay. Well, and I was doing free delivery because gas prices two years ago aren't nowhere near they are today. Nope. Uh, so I was just like taking them to people's houses and then I'd go home and repeat the process. And that was every day up until about June. Okay. It's March, April, May. So now restaurants are open. May 12th, they kind of reopen. Now you're yeah. June. It's still very, it's still very slow, very much in the middle of the pandemic. But I got to the point where I was like, I cannot do this in my house anymore. There's no way. I had already broken an oven. I had to buy a new oven. Yeah, it's like St. Vito's Focaccia making all these pizzas in his house. And then exactly, I got to find a place. Exactly. So we found Citizen Kitchen in East. Yeah, Laura Wilson. Exactly. Who basically just like brought us from where we were to just like a whole other level. Because like it, we were able to do so much more. We had an actual mixer. We had an actual like big kettle for boiling the bagels. We had a big convection ovens for doing much more than we could. And then we started picking up like farmer's markets and I was still doing, I was still doing the uh, deliveries throughout the week. And then the Fairlane Hotel gives me a call. They are, they have what they call the Union Teller, which is their coffee shop, deli, lunch spot mm-hmm. in, in their hotel. And they were running it at this time. And the chef called me, and he was like, hi. I, she called me and said that she had seen the bagels, and she really wanted to try it. So she came over to my house one day and tried it and really loved it. And she was like, we want them. And I was like, really? I'd never okay. done a wholesale before. This was all brand new to me. Um, so we were doing that for a little bit, 
figuring out our pars and everything. And then like a, a couple months later, I, I call them. I'm like, hey, what do you guys need for tomorrow? They're like, oh, uh, we closed. They oh, just, shit. this was, I mean, it was still like downtown Nashville was pretty deserted still at the time. Like tourism hadn't really come back yet. So I just found out one day that they didn't need the bagels anymore. And that was it for that. So I started doing more deliveries and more farmer's markets we started wholesaling to Barista Parlor for a while. We were wholesaling to Elegy Coffee for a while. What was that like, though? I mean, so I, I, you sound busy. I was very busy. But, I mean, the dynamic here is you're in the middle of a pandemic. You have a small child. Yeah. Newborn. Yeah. Really. You're not, I mean, you're, you're kind of employed, right? You're employing yourself. You're, yeah, slightly. You're hustling, but, I mean, every single day day is a new day that you have no idea what it's really going to bring. Yeah. I mean, am I, am I off here? No, you're right. So the way things would work is that I would just like open up orders on our website on like Sundays and I would give people like 48 hours to get your order in. And that was it after that. That's how many I'm making for the week. How did that work with your wife though? I mean like family she dynamic, had, I mean, it takes a certain type of person. Okay. What I'm, what I'm getting at is that's not every day that people get to do stuff. Like people get beaten down and they go i can't handle this this is a, a global pandemic yeah. this is a lot how did you keep pushing through every single day was it because she supported you so much did it cause fights like what was your life like in that moment you got a newborn that's one of the toughest times in, in yeah. any marriage is having a newborn and then throw a global pandemic and hey i'm going to start this business from scratch out of our kitchen and i have no idea what it's going to bring yeah. What was your life? Like, what was your daily life like then? If, can you go back to that time? Yeah. I mean, you know, I've been so lucky that she's been there the whole time and she's been in the kitchen with me every day. Like she was always there with me. It really was just the two of us. However, so she was helping. She was helping, but she would like still be working. She was back at work at this point when we moved into the kitchen and she okay. would be like clocking in at Citizen, taking meetings and answering people's questions on the internet while like rolling bagels with her other hand. So like we were tag teaming everything and we, I mean like business wise, we work really well together. I'm like, she's, I'm very more like the ideas guy and she's more of like the, let me make this happen girl. So you're the visionary and she's the integrator. Like I hate calling people on the phone, but she loves calling people on the phone. Okay. It's like one of those situations, like very like yin to my yang. It's good. And also at this point, our daughter has, she's in daycare. So, like, we wake up in the morning, take her to daycare at 7, go straight to East Nashville for the kitchen, and then she, like, my wife goes home to t- finish the rest of her day while I'm out doing deliveries. You guys are hustling. We did not stop for a year. I mean, we still haven't stopped. I don't know what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like, we're running, we're doing markets, we're delivering, we're doing wholesales, we're doing all these things. We brought on, like, a friend who had lost their job. Like we had a couple friends who had lost their jobs in, in the beginning of the pandemic who had just, we had taught them the basics and we were like, just come help us like boil bagels or throw them in the oven or help us out and do something. Sure. And Citizen was a great place for us to learn because we were around so many other people that had taught us a lot of things. We had kind of gotten to the point where we had started to outgrow Citizen though because I was maxing out the mixer that they had. And I couldn't do any more. I was maxing out the space I had. Or I'd get there and I would 
they would have one mixer that is strong enough for my bagels and someone else is using it. And I'm paying by the hour to be there. So I'm just like twiddling my thumbs waiting for this person to be done. Wasting my money mm. that I've paid to get in here. Hard earned money. Exactly. Every dollar counts. Exactly. So I get to a point where I'm like, I got to start figuring out something else. Can I ask you one quick question? Yeah. You got to start figuring out a new solution. But who are the people you said that you were in this community of people there at Citizen Kitchen? Was there anybody in particular who helped you? Like anybody that you could shout out right now that say like, you know, this guy was really helpful to me. I'm just curious. Yeah. I mean, somebody who really was there for us, aside from Laura, Laura was always such a big proponent of our product. Like she sold the products upstairs at her shop, did a lot of things. Um, and she's like one of the most amazing human beings ever. She's incredible. Yeah. She's um, awesome. The Jay, I forget his last name, who owns like the broth stop and works at for, uh, or sells alfresco pasta. Okay. He helped us out with a lot of things. He was kind of always there. There was like another company that started right around the same time we did who was making sourdough cinnamon rolls, and we had like a lot in common. So we would always kind of like bounce ideas off of each other, and that was really good to have. Um, And then like our friend uh, Kate at Katie Pies, she was like – she was kind of like the other baker – who was there, who had been there a lot longer and who had baked a lot more than we had, so kind of gave us tips on things like that, which was really great. That's awesome. So uh, it was really good to have a community. Good. I just I, I asked that because I'm just curious, like, when people spend their time and their energy to help one another yeah. and they're brotherly and neighborly, I just I like to give shout-outs to those people. Absolutely. I, I think that's awesome. I think everybody should do that. Exactly. So, like, we build our entire business on the backs of Nashville Locals and community. Yeah. Like the people we met, we would go to the farmer's markets twice a week. We would go to Richland Market, Richland Park Farmer's Market on Saturdays, and then East Nashville Market on Tuesdays. We would have so many just like friends that we would made via bagel. And they would just like come, and they would come every single week and get their bagels, and they'd talk to us, and they would say like, sometimes we'd bring the baby, and they'd be like, oh my gosh, (laughs) she's getting so big. I remember when she was so much smaller, and you know, all these things. And we just made so many friends, and it was awesome. And we built this real big following of people. Like, there was like, this one guy. I would literally deliver bagels to him every single week. He was just, like, the first person to order every Sunday. As soon as I open it, I swear he had an alarm on his calendar, like, on his phone. Wow. It was like, they're open. There. Let's go. And it was really cool to, like, meet those people and see those people. So, um, well, you're essentially creating community around to. something that you're doing is bringing people to you and and, and – and creating that community, but also they're all in it together. Bad Luck Bird Club, these guys last week said, everybody's a part of the club. I go, who is this club? And they go, yeah. anybody who's there is part of this club. You're exactly. probably part of the club, right? Because I'm, I'm a member. You're a member. Yeah. Hell yeah, I'm a member now too. I'm really excited about Card this carrying club. member. <laughs> so, but I mean, like, it's just kind of those cool things. Like, it's like that club. Hey, you're part of the bagel club too. Yeah. Well, all these people, and that's probably all these friends, the Bad Luck Bird Club. Bad Luck Burger Club guys, like Ella Brihe, and you probably see all those guys a lot. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. So, like, like I'm saying, like, we're building this business in a time where, like, a lot of people are feeling separated. And it's like, if there's anything we can do to bring these people together, we'll make it happen. I love and that. Like, That's what was, I was doing. <laughs> so, like, there's also not a lot bagel-wise going on in the city when we get started. Like, there was Star Bagel. There's proper, proper bagel. bagel. And that was really it at the time. So then we come in doing something a little bit different. And then Nikki's coal fired started doing their bagels. Mr. Aaron's goods. Mr. Aaron started Aaron doing Dissler. his. Exactly. 
So like, there's like become this bagel renaissance here yeah, in Nashville. Yeah, really had. And I swear, if you don't know anything about bagels, it is the world's most divisive carbohydrate. Like, people feel very strongly about their bagels. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I had no clue. I'm people from import water from New York. H and S does that. Okay, is that who it is? The yeah. H&S, they, they water from New York because they think... Or they, they have, like, a system that creates the water to be filtered like it is in New York. It's crazy, that like, the way that people, these customers and th- these friends that we've made and people like that feel so strongly about their bagels. They, like, fight. Wow. They're like, no, this is the best bagel. No, this is the best kind of bagel. New York style, Montreal. And I'm over here, like, a little southern boy from Mississippi. Right. Like, I have no idea what this is. I just know that I like the product that I make. <laughs> and that's it. Um, so I've never been like, we make X style bagels. It's just like, I'm making bagels. Bagels. Exactly. That's what they are. I'm doing the best I can here. There's a hole in the middle of them. Yeah. So I'm, we're doing all this and we're doing it for a while. And I'm, like I said, I'm starting to be like, okay, I think I need to, we need to figure out next steps. So I'm like, do, is it a smart time to open a restaurant? This is like November of 2020 Mm. Eh. i was very scared and then one day the owner of the fair lane ethan gives me a call he's like hey we loved when you guys had your bagels here and our shop has been sitting empty for the last six six or so months it's like literally completely built out to be a bagel shop do you guys want to rent it i was like "Um, how much how much and he was like i'll give you guys a good deal because we need something so like we go in I'm telling you, like, every single piece of equipment that you need for a bagel restaurant, deli, any coffee shop, it's already there. Wow. So, like, I, I mean, I'm immediately, like, I can't lose. I mean, that's, a, that's a great, I mean, that's one of those opportunities that you kind of pray about. Exactly. This is what I'm telling you. Like, luck has somehow, like, been in my favor this whole time. I don't, I don't know if it's luck. <laughs> I don't, I don't mom, believe in that's luck. That's what my mom says. She says, it's because you guys are really good people and... You karma's really feel real, man. I mean, karma's real. I think that when yeah. you put good energy out there, when you do the right thing, and you put and you hustle and you you make it happen, you know, I, I'm an alcoholic, right? So I do. I don't. I, I I have a higher power. I put all that shit aside and I yeah. say, higher power, just do whatever, you know. And I, I try to not stress about things, yep. and it always works out within those type of situations. Like just keep doing the next right thing, and the, and it'll happen. Yeah. Like just if you just if you kind of put it out of your control and it sounds like that's exactly what's going on. And I believe that I believe, I mean, I, I totally get it. Yeah. I feel the same way. Like I just have never looked backwards. It's always just been like, what's next. And I'm not going to let anything stop me. So I, what's next. I'm not going to let anything stop me. Write it on my gravestone. That could be like your final thought here today. The, the Gordon food store. Huh? <laughs> you know what? What's next. Nobody's going to stop me. Exactly. Hell Yeah. So I, I'm like so scared to sign a lease, right? Because downtown Nashville at this point is still very scary as in there's still no businesses back open. Tourism has barely started coming back, but I was like, it's back now. I mean, we'll get there. (laughs) Um, so I ended up, I said, they said, let's try it for a year. We'll see what happens. So I, I signed the papers and we moved in and if you can't get, if you haven't figured it out so far, I have zero restaurant experience, zero management <laughs> experience, zero ownership experience, except for managing myself. So I was like, I'm about to dive 
deep into something that I have never done before. How scary is that? It was very scary. I didn't know how to hire. I didn't know how to run payroll. I don't know how to order things and like pass health inspections. <laughs> I don't <laughs> no, know any I, of these things. It's all brand new. But like I said, like I built this community of like people that I could ask questions to and people that were so willing to help me that it's like I never felt bad asking anybody for a question like or yeah. asking anybody questions or anything like that. Um, so we move in. I somehow get a staff of people in January when like people are still scared to leave their house. And we started figuring out how to use the kitchen and figuring out how to use all this equipment that I had never touched before. I'd never seen this. Like we went from having like a 30 quart mixer to a 120 quart like, I know. spiral mixer when I've been used to just using like this small little planetary thing. So like we had just been, and you don't have up. to pay by the hour for it. I don't all you want. Have a good exactly. time. Exactly. So, and it's the hotel has been such a good proponent of our business. Like they said, like anything you guys need, let us know. We're here for you. If you have questions, we can help. We've done this. Good stuff. Um, it's been really great. And so we open in March with our team and a lot of trial and error, obviously, like figuring out how things run and things like that. And it's like a soon, this is like, I signed the lease before anybody, like vaccinations were even out. So I was still very scared, but it was like, like right when we opened, everybody can get their vaccine now. Everybody started coming out of the woodworks and businesses started opening back up and we started like building this place where people could go when they They're came to Nashville. uniquely poised like to capture that too. Exactly. And there was no bagels downtown. And people really do, like they search for bagels when they go places. It's, it's crazy. And I was able to bring like my whole idea for opening a cafe years prior. Here it is. We have our coffee shop side of the place and I was able to really like bring in all that um and then people started coming out and it's been great the one thing that we did lose and I didn't you know I thought that I was going to be able to make a difference is that all the locals that were ordering from us weekly they're not going downtown like Nashvillians do not go to downtown Nashville and we try and avoid it if we can unless there's a I'm hockey the same game way. you know and I was like Maybe they'll come because they love me. Or maybe they'll come because I like right on the outskirts of downtown and there's free parking like two streets Where is over. Where the fair lane? It's at the corner of 4th and Union. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. So you're not, you're not going to Broadway. You no. don't have to even pass through Broadway to get there. Nope. Um, but it just, I couldn't get them there. As much as I tried, as much, I mean, so like we had like Uber Eats and we had our like door dashes and that's where you get your locals. But you don't make any money with those. No. It's like you barely break even using a delivery service. It's just like If marketing. you break even. I know. I mean, really, it's just to for cash flow. I mean, I think that just to bring bring money in and exactly. make money out. So Keep employees. Yeah, really. And we had a lot of, I mean, I mean and obviously if working, uh, owning a small business downtown is very hard just because, I have no idea, and I still have no idea how to, like, how I can guess the amount of people that are coming. Like, if I don't realize there's a concert in town, then I'm selling out early. Or yeah. who knows? You could have one, like, last Saturday, you could make X amount of money, and then this coming up Saturday, you make, like, half as much. We have no, there's no consistency downtown, from what I've realized. And, it, it, you know, it kind of evens itself out, so there's been no problems. 
but like. But you could probably do a podcast here with the event calendar that you have to go over all the time. You're constantly looking like, oh, I got a concert at the Ryman. There's somebody at Bridgestone and Ascend and there's a block party and oh God. Yes. And you're you're extra prep. And it's so crazy because when I opened, I was like, I want to be this cool one-off place that has these like fancy foods and fancy drinks. So we had like, we were looking to try to get all these like fancy sodas and things like that. And then I realized a month later, I was like, my entire Saturday, Sunday crowd is hungover bachelorettes, hungover bachelor parties, and just like random family tourists. And you know, all they want is like a greasy egg bagel sandwich and a Powerade. Like, that's it. It's like, it's so different than what I thought it was going to be just because I had no idea what to expect. Just sell Pedialyte. We have. (laughs) And it sells like crazy. I imagine. So, I mean, like, looking back at our sales over the past year, I'm pretty sure it was like 94% like new customers. And it's not because like people aren't coming back. It's just saying that that's how much of our business is tourism. It's like people that we have a lot of regulars that live downtown, but not a lot of regulars that come from out of downtown. So what's interesting, what was it? You just did a pop-up with Henrietta Red. Yes, last weekend. It was amazing. So tell me about that. Yeah, so we slightly announced our second location a couple months ago. Really? Yes. And this is one of those things that's like I miss – my Nashville people, I miss my community. I miss everything that we built our business on. So we said, we got we to gotta figure out how to get that back. And I think our only option was to open up another location. You going to Germantown? I'm not telling you where it is. Why? It's a secret. You can make the announcement right now. This won't come out for another week. I still can't say. Um, what part of town? You can't even say what part of town? It's in Donaldson. Okay. Well, which is like booming right now. It's huge. Yes, it's... We, we got a very cool spot, and it's going to be very awesome. That is awesome. Yes, and it's going to be... Close to B&A. It's going to have free parking. Close to B&A. <laughs> Set There's up that stand. Let's go. Mm-hmm. We'll have mm-hmm. just like a little pop-up trailer. Hey, now. Yes. Um, I bet you we can make that happen. I bet we could. I, mean, I bet you made that happen. Easily. We'll just give them like a percentage. Yeah, they need to make that. I mean, that... Anyway. Okay, we'll get to it later. We're going to do that. Yeah. And it's going to start from here. You're going to have like the bagel pop up. Yeah. At so the parking lot. When we announced the uh the new shop, I was like, "Okay, I got to get back to Nashville people. Some people might have forgotten about us over the past year since we opened downtown. They haven't come to see us or we haven't been able to deliver. So we've been doing a lot of pop-ups this summer. We uh we did something at Urban Cowboy earlier this summer. We've been like popping up outside of um Ranger Stitch like at the Porter East. Yeah. And then I was trying to figure out something to do, and then Julia from Henrietta Red was like, hey, we're trying to do, like, a really cool brunch um, July 4th weekend. What if we, like, turned our shop into, like, a Russ and Daughters type space, which has always been, like, the dream. Russ and Daughters is, like, a huge deli in New York City. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I was like, I don't know what that is. Very well-known, very old, very classic. It's delicious food. Okay. Um. I was like, uh, 100%, let's make it happen. Yeah. So we went out there and put together a menu of just, like, all these really cool deli classics. And we were able to put this really cool collaboration on. And it was one of those things It was, like, this felt like getting back to why I started the business. How cool is Julia? It was She's amazing. That entire team has been so <laughs> – they were so great to work with. 
and everything about Henrietta Red I've always loved. And it's just cool to work with such cool people. But they're pros. And they're such pros. They're like, that's the thing. When I think about Julia Sullivan and her whole restaurant, like every time I've been there, they're so, they're just pros. Like they're the people that are the, op- they, they have all the restaurant experience. Every move is intentional. Exactly. And they're just like, damn, you guys are really good. Yeah. Like they're just, I love restaurants that operate really efficiently and just, just kill it. And she's one of those people. Yes. And I learn a lot from people like her mm-hmm. because, I mean, I've been, like, I've owned the restaurant. We've been open for over a year, and I still am, like, figuring out, like, how a line should be run properly. Yeah. And it's like, all we do is scramble eggs on ours, and, like, they're over here doing so many different stations and things like that. It's like, this is crazy. <laughs> so, it's been great. So, for the past few months, um, my wife and I have really been focused on getting ready for the new shop and it it's moving slowly but surely we're gonna like submit to permitting in the next two weeks and then that's gonna take like half a year because of how backed up permitting is right now i mean everybody's telling me like <laughs> you gotta wait at least eight to twelve weeks to get permits approved gosh so, gosh so wow there's a lot um what a, what an amazing story i mean yeah again kind of like the bad luck burger guys I, this is so inspirational, I think, to anybody who's out there right now who has an idea or some kind of a passion, and they're, like, scared to do it. And, I mean, the pandemic essentially forced you to step outside your comfort zone, yeah. start doing something different, and follow a dream that you had of opening a coffee shop. And then you just keep doing the right thing, keep pushing ahead, and good things happen. This uh, opportunity with the Fairlane, what an amazing opportunity. Now you're looking at number two. Like, this was a... A, a guy making six bagels a day to a dozen bagels a day, two yeah. dozen bagels a day out of his house, breaking ovens, to now about to open your second location, and things are going great. I mean, that's that's awesome. It's, it's, that's one of the coolest stories I've heard in a long I love it's that. It's crazy. Um, Congratulations, man. Well, thank you. I like. I still, I think probably everybody does, but like slight imposter syndrome all the time. Oh, yeah. Like, but it's... What saved me is the fact that Nashville's restaurant community is so awesome. Like, whenever I first got started, I remember I talked on the phone to um, the owner of, well, the chef at Tootin' Jack. Jess? Uh-huh. She called me one day, and we just talked, and I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, and I'm trying to do this. She's like, let me know anything you need. And then I talked to um, Crystal from the Grilled Cheesery, and... Jess and Crystal are like best friends too. Exactly. So they put me in contact with each other and everybody has just been like, oh, I don't know this, but you could call this person or you should call this person. They'd be more than happy to talk to you or this person would be more than happy to help out. And then I get relationships like with Julia and who randomly just is like, hey, you guys, I love your stuff. She was such a big proponent of us during the pandemic because they were doing a delivery service called the party line. Yeah. And they randomly called me one day and they were like, hey, you want to sell your bagels? And I was still at my house at this point. I remember I was like working from home, like for Lyft, when I just got a message from them. I was like, what? Like, you know who I am? <laughs> it was like one of those situations. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's been so much fun. I have learned more in the past year than I've probably learned in like the past 15 years um, just because of the amount of like things, one that I had to learn. And, I mean, I've been so lucky because I've had my wife who's just, like, been my rock throughout this whole thing. And we've been there for each other. 
every day. Anytime we need something, one of us is willing to just like step up and make it happen. And it's been awesome. It's been really cool. I mean, I haven't had, I've had barely had a day off in the past few years, but it's fine. But yeah, well, I mean, it's different. It it's is different. Like people say, Brandon, how do you do two restaurants and the podcast and be a dad and all the stuff? And yeah. I'm like, the podcast is a passion. Like I love like sitting here today talking to you. Yeah. Hearing like this story and being able to share your story with everybody in the city. I mean, I think 40 different countries have listened to this podcast nice. and you go, man, I hope somebody out there hears this and goes, you know, I want to do something like that. Yeah. I want to start my, I have a passion for something and I want to follow it because there's nothing worse than sitting here and saying I've worked for two years and I haven't had a day off for somebody else. Yeah. I've worked this hard for somebody else and I just, I have not, I have nothing really to show for it. Like you saying, it's okay when it's your business. When this is your yeah. business and you're building something, like it doesn't feel like work. They say that if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And while it's a lot of work, it's still fun. It's fun because you're building something exactly. that you believe in and you're passionate about. And you can see it changing the community and people's lives. And you're like, this is, this is pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, it's been a wild ride, but there's nothing about it that I would change. You know, yeah, it's been so fun and I don't know. I don't foresee it stopping anytime soon. Well, I'm, I'm excited that you came in here to, um, to tell this story. I think, yeah, I think again, I think it's just inspirational. I mean, there's nothing better than when somebody, and I've had this happen to me multiple times where people come up to me and be like, like, because of you guys, I started my dream or I stopped what I was doing and went and moved towards my dream. I was like, Wow, that like the fact that anybody can find my story inspirational is incredible. Perseverance, man. Yeah. Don't give up. Um, there's a quote right here on my door from Rick Warren. And it the, the it says endurance is built. Hold on a second. I'm gonna read the exact part. I did a, I did like a whole episode on this. All right. Endurance develops every time you reject the temptation to give up. There you go. And in the restaurant game, you have to have endurance. Yeah. You have to fight the temptation to go, fuck this. I know. I'm done. This is too hard. This is a grind. Like, you've got to beat that. And when you do, when you just, and that's not an option. Yeah. You get that endurance in you, you can go forever. For sure. I love it. Yep. Well, man. Anything else you want to talk about? I've, I mean, we're we're at that hour mark. I try and I'd say it's the the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Ooh, I love it. We're one hour in. <laughs> is there a uh, we're about we're, we're getting close to the Gordon Food Service final thought. Wow. Is there anything else you want to you talk about? Anything you want to know? <sighs> Not that I secrets you know, of the universe. Do you have the secrets of the universe? Yes, but I, I'll tell you when you tell me when your location is. I'll tell you off air. <laughs> <laughs> me too. No, I think I'm. I think I'm good, man. Awesome, it's been great. Well, this this is the time. Then the Gordon Food Service final thought is: um, you get to surmise the conversation or say whatever you want to say to the community who's listening to this podcast. Yeah, whatever you want to say for as long as you want to say it. Um, the mic is yours. All right. Um, definitely. I think the most important thing is to have people on your side who are going to always be there to help you out just a phone call away or a text away. 
having that group of people who you can really call your team is the most important, especially anytime you feel like you might want to give up or try something else. Just persevere, like you said, and don't give up on your dreams. Like Shia LaBeouf once said, uh, just, just do it. I mean, like what's my, my thought has always been, what's the worst that could happen? I have to go back to work a day job, but like, I'm just going to keep, keep on trucking, you know? Like Jerry Garcia, keep on trucking. Exactly. In the words of the dead. <laughs> well, Max, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for being here. Of course, and, thank uh, you. Please uh, give our best to your lovely wife. I will. Sorry she wasn't able to be here, but uh, next time. Absolutely. We'll have to do this again. Yes. And uh, I'm going to come try your bagels. Come on. Let's do it. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah. All right, thank you. Big thank you to Max Palmer for joining us in studio to tell us a story. I told you it's fascinating. The guy's amazing. Right? The level of hard work, I mean, it's, it's inspiring listening to people like that. And you know what else is inspiring? Um, I want to tell you guys real quick, we've got a contest coming up. And this contest is going to be brought to you by NetChecks. But it is going to be a bracket-style tournament, 64 teams. Now, these teams, and I'm doing air quotes, these teams are going to be Mexican restaurants everybody's passionate about their favorite Mexican restaurant where you can go get your favorite margaritas, your favorite combination plate, whatever it is. We've got a bunch of them here in Nashville. And I think everybody in everybody's neighborhood, are all kind of like mine's the best, right? So if it's Tito's or I like El Agavero in Bellevue, that's like my favorite. I love Cancun too on the border. I mean, there's so many mestizos. We got, uh, margaritas gosh, there's so many Mexican restaurants that we just love going to. So that's where you're going to get to the bottom of it. And we're going to do a 64-team tournament. You're going to be able to find the bracket the last week of July at NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com. And then the final thing we're going to do on September the 15th is the day before Mexico's Independence Day. We're going to throw a party at the winning Mexican restaurant. So the best restaurant and best Mexican restaurant in Middle Tennessee will be crowned. We will have mariachi band. We're going to have a full-on Mexican Independence Day party at that restaurant. We're going to be doing interviews live, uh, all kinds of cool things. We're going to have prizes for the final four, just lots of neat stuff. This is all brought to you by NetChecks. And uh, just stay tuned. Follow us at NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com. Follow us, I'm sorry, at Nashville underscore restaurant underscore radio on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, and in those areas we'll be posting all the links or just go to nashvillerestaurantradio.com the last week of July. We'll be talking about it on every episode up until then. And that's the that's the big announcement that I forgot to say at the beginning of the show. So if you stayed this long, we are really excited about this. We're excited about you voting. And uh, thank you guys for listening today. This was a lot of fun. And we will see you next week. Uh, don't forget Kayla Ellis this Wednesday and next Wednesday, this coming Monday, we're going to be doing a replay episode with Rich Wolowski, who is the CEO of Gordon Food Service. Just kind of hear some of the backstory on my relationship with them. And uh, we thank you guys again for listening. Hope you have a wonderful week. Love you guys.